0: Good morning. You are listening to Good Morning Ross Common live every Tuesday morning between 9 and 11. And right now, I'm delighted to be joined by Jody, whom I had last week on the show, but we didn't get quite to finish off enough detail about the Tusk um, History Society. How are you?
1: Uh, thanks very much uh, for having me, Kira. Yeah, very good.
0: Well, tell us for everyone listening in as well when did you become a member of the Tusk History Society and how has that been?
1: Well, uh, well, I, I'm one of the founding members of the history society, and we started in um, we started in well February 2021 was the t- was the date we got the initial idea, and um, I suppose we kind of threw the, the word around, um, you know, in the Roscommon Herald and so on that we were, you know, myself and a friend of mine, uh, Cahill McCormack, we were looking to um, to set up a history society in Tulsk.
0: Absolutely, and to tell everyone, listen. What's the latest? I suppose that you guys have been discovering.
1: Uh well, really, at the moment, what we've been doing, um, I suppose really the latest thing is, um, it's it's you know Christmas time at the moment, and we have an article in the um, Roscommon Herald Christmas special, which is out at the moment. The, that nice magazine that we we all see in the shops there, and um, that's about, that really is about a local who, um, became. Fought for the the U.S. Army during D-Day, uh, the sixth of June, nineteen forty-four, and um, he had, he'd immigrated to America. Um, Mike Rogers, and um, he was drafted into the, to the U.S. Army, and he landed on uh, the beaches of Normandy, um, on D-Day, and he fought there, and he saved a man. He received the purple the Purple Heart, which is one of the great kind of um accolades, any any soldier can can receive from the yeah. US military and um that's a, actually a story that we only discovered um kind of just by chance actually um we got a tip off one of our members had seen a tweet about it and um we kind of went searching for searching for the for that story it was it was written the whole story was written nowhere so we had to kind of co- uh, cobble together different bits of information and so on we um we spoke to uh, Mike Rogers, his, his nephews, who are still alive today, and they had some information on that and, and they were a great help. And we, we also looked up old kind of US military records and so on, um, census data uh, and lots of other kind of material that wouldn't have been possible without having a kind of a society together to to do that. So that was a real exciting, um, that was a real exciting kind of uh, project to do and you know when you're from a small place i suppose you always want to find out that one of your own has been involved in kind of big stories and you know
0: that's exactly
1: it yeah yeah and, and you know um i suppose for me personally i i i, I would be thinking you know d day um i would have a good interest in world war 2 and to find out that you know uh one of our own had had fought on, um on the beaches of normandy on d day was um very exciting and rewarding and we got a great, great information on that and it was lovely. It's the first time that kind of a, a full story on Mike has been put together. So um, it's great for Tusk. and uh, You know, I would say it's so significant that it's not just a Tuscan story, it's, it's a kind of a, a Rascommon story, a county Rascommon story that, you know, one of our native sons Absolutely. Um, you know, fought fought in, you know, in Normandy. um Either on Omaha Beach or Utah Beach. Now we're not quite sure the Americans landed. There was there was five beaches: Juno, Sword, and Gold were the other three. But it was Omaha and um, Utah Beach that the Americans landed on. Now we're not sure did Mike land on Utah or Omaha. The um kind of uh, there's very um distinct files that have to be consulted within the U.S. military to get that. But that. That may be done, but it it will take kind of next of kin. We'll have to kind of take care of that. So, um, but anyway, um, there's lots done on that, uh, quite a good bit. But there's a little bit more to do on it. So um, we'll see how it goes. And actually, it's a developing story. There there could be more from that next year. Um, We're kind of thinking of maybe kind of, honoring him in our own village a little bit more um possibly next year so we'll see how that goes but um that's really our latest venture and it, it's it's just a very interesting story
0: absolutely and i suppose world war 2 and world war world war 1 has had a massive impact i suppose on ireland and you know get i suppose the involvement there do you guys reckon that there's a lot more from ross common maybe that would have went over to fight in the war
1: yeah well absolutely i mean um there's a there, there's there is a a lot even like a look through the newspaper archives um we, you know we, we found that there has been a few more from from Tulsk that has gone over and fought in in world war in world war one uh between nineteen fourteen and nineteen eighteen and we're not so sure about world war two because the the um it's not so easy to follow up World War one because of the kind of british involvement in it you know we've got access to the british newspaper archives um and the irish newspaper paper archives here in ireland and they were very good on kind of british history and you you, you might find out that you know um w- w- one of your own kind of parish members had gone to fight um in world war 1 quicker than after we became independent let's say but um i would say so but it, it, we're kind of at the it, early stages of that yet. Certainly in Tulsk, there, there have been a few more who fought in it. And there, there has been a book done uh, actually on um, World War, um, Irish World War participants. But um, that's something that we will be working on in the future.
0: Absolutely. And for anyone listening as well, is there any other little bits and pieces? Like, are you look guys appealing as well for anyone maybe in the community that might be aware of i suppose information that's just maybe not available in archives or at or do you send out like appeals i suppose for local people maybe to come forward maybe they have an old as you said earlier i know you found letters as well in an attic before but are you i suppose open to people bringing up old i suppose memorabilia that might contain i suppose some sort of information
1: yeah well that's one of the that's actually one of the big parts of the society is we have a big um we we have an archive that is growing the whole time and um you know, we're always, um, we kind of regularly put it out in our newsletters and so on, that we're always looking for material. We're looking for old publications, old newspapers, old photographs in particular, um, and any old objects either, kind of memorabilia and so on. So we're always looking for that stuff and we're looking for old stories as well. And I suppose really, you know, we're not we're not that long in existence and these stories are coming to us gradually. But, you know, there's not a writer in every house or there's not a kind of a, an archivist or a librarian in every house. So there might be stories out there that people have in their heads and there might be kind of oral stories passed down to time um, that mightn't be, have been published yet and they mightn't be widely known. So we're, we're all ears and we're very interested in anything like that. And we, th- there's no doubt about it that there's many more stories like that out there.
0: Well, that's exactly it, and I suppose that's the the only way. I suppose people come forward with the information information, maybe the articles. But it's great. I suppose Britain did really keep a track of their history. How far roughly are you guys going back in the Tulsa History Society? Are you just doing the, I suppose we'll say the nineteen hundreds up, or how far are you are you going back in history in time?
1: Well, you know when we started off. Um it's it, like history is timeless, I suppose. You know, it goes back for a long way, especially around Tulsa because we've got Rathcrohan there. That's
0: exactly
1: yeah. What it, what what seems to have happened, and it seems to just have been a kind of a natural, organic thing, is that we have the Ratcrohan Visitor Centre there in Tulsa, the Crohoney, and you know, we don't um, cover what they would cover, let's necessarily. So they cover kind of um, what we call, we call prehistoric history or medieval history. You know, we before. Be before like um the year zero and after that up until about sixteen hundred mm-hmm. AD, and uh, that would be kind of their time period. And we would have we we would be covering kind of um mainly what what you would call in, in historic circles as, as modern history, um but um really it would have been really what we do cover is is probably twentieth century nineteenth and twentieth century which would be the eighteen hundreds and the nineteen hundreds. Now that's not by by choice it's kind of more by accident or by I suppose it's by records that are widely available digital records and so on that have been um that are widely available to us now online of course like you know we started off this during Covid and you know if you wanted to participate really you were doing so from your own home um you know from 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 what records were available online you know um E, the census data from 1901 1911 that's available online old ordnance survey maps OSI.ie, um there's a great historical archive in that um and there will be other stuff like um newspaper archives we we've we've actually um subscribed to the british newspaper archives the okay. irish the irish newspaper Archives have just started publishing um Roscommon newspapers. They didn't for a long time, and they've started doing that. And there's also, interestingly, um, when you look outside the box, there's American newspaper archives. And they're, actually, there's one of those, and it's free, and you can go online and you can search. It, it's, it's very interesting because you can search the American newspaper archives and put in, for example, the name of your um the name of your townland, let's, let's say from Strokestown Town or Barry or Tulsk in our case and you put a, that into the, into the search engine and you press hit and let's say you can narrow down your time period so let's say you would search from a period where there was a lot of Irish immigration. So we hit, like I would hit like 1850 to 1920. See, does Tulsk come up in American newspapers? And it does on several occasions. And I think about three or four hundred hits on Tulsk and that would be kind of um, American-Irish newspapers that will be bringing news from home out to immigrants, you know. And there's a lot of that. That, that happens quite frequently. Um, so that's... You have to be able to look outside the box and think, where where, where can we get our, our um, information from? And there's, there's so much, including kind of British and, and American sources. So there's a lot of it online. And, um, yeah, it's great. I suppose we're lucky to live in the period we do, you know, we we can we complain about a lot and I suppose there's a lot wrong with the world, but certainly in a technological sense for kind of people doing research and stuff, it's great. You know, and you can you can learn a lot about your own community, um by kind of I suppose really all you need is to know where to look, you know. Um sometimes people just don't know where to start and um but we've been kind of I, I would have a good grounding in that. And, you know, we're trying to kind of pass on the word to the rest of our members and so on that we can
0: all we can all use it. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. And again, it's I suppose about raising the awareness of people. Um, I suppose that I know you have the publication as well coming up, but it's fascinating for people to go and look back and gaze upon these historical events. And it can have an absolute profound effect when you hear so much that happened in the area that you would no idea happened before. Are you getting any, we'll say, attention, we'll say, from maybe the, I suppose, up in Dublin or the governments when they're finding out about these amazing things that you guys are bringing forward? Or is there any support, say, coming in there from, I suppose, Irish history founders or anything like that?
1: Yeah, well, we've got a good crew. We've got a, a go, some good members. And um, very early on, we, be, we became a fully fledged member of the Federation of Local History Societies. And that's, Amazing. A, that's a kind of a national body. and yeah. uh, So we're we're quite a, a prominent member of that. And we have actually a, a, an article in it this year on Roderick O'Connor. Um, and that's from Tulsk History Society. And uh, that's our kind of... So- Trust history Society's kind of um, input into their yearly kind of annual um, publication.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: So that's good. Um, also, with the government, as far as kind of grants are concerned, we're involved in a number of projects. We've got, we've got like I think, well, we've we got one thousand euro and one grant for office equipment, and we got five thousand euro there recently to um, to restore an old well. Um, Ogilah Well, there, as I suppose, it's kind of well known in the region. Um, a kind of a famous patrician well, you would call it. Saint Patrick, um, arrived there when he was spreading Christianity around um Ireland in the four hundreds. I think it was four thirty five. He arrived here, but um, we've been given um five thousand funding. That was by the Boyle Municipal District um to do up that. We kind of outlined what we'd like to do with it and um, for it's it, we we're calling it phase 1 because we'd like to kind of do a phase 2 um which would really kind of bring it you know into in, as a kind of a modern um facility but we started off and i suppose it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened without without the history society existing so we have but any society or any club is not is no good without good members and we've got great members um proactive members um our secretary, a chairman, you know, um, a, a, an archivist, treasurer, we and and lots of kind of um, regular members. So, it's in a very healthy condition at the moment, and I know a few of them are going out tomorrow. Tomorrow, I suppose, uh, um, they're doing um, a survey of Kilcullie graveyard. Mm. Um, so we've already done Tulse gra- Tulsk graveyard, and we've got we, we erected a big kind of information panel there during Heritage Week. That was actually another grant we got. So we've got a, quite a few quid, actually, to be honest. Um, I suppose because we we put together good submissions, um, good applications, and I think the one thing we've learned is if you have the kind of desire to do it and if you know how to go about doing it, it there's, there's funds out there. And the government and the local government and the local county councillors, they're more than willing to, to help you out. And we've had a very positive kind of feeling on that on that front that... They're looking to to help out local um kind of clubs and societies. And you just need to take your time, fill in the application forms correctly and you know, you've a you have a good chance of you know, of um getting what you want, I suppose.
0: Well that's exactly and it's great to hear that there is the supports out there and readily available. Um what an amazing thing and I think I'd say Have you had any stories, say maybe people connected to those people that you found out information on, or maybe has has any kind of nice um, antidotes there for us?
1: Well, um, actually, as you say that, there was was one, actually, and it's related to the... um, I think I spoke about this before, but anyway. um, It's related to the graveyard, and it's related to... um, in 1925, I, I spotted this in a newspaper, um, in, in, in one of the Roscommon newspapers. I think it was the Roscommon Messenger, which is an old Roscommon n- newspaper. And we found a, a, a small little, um, newspaper notice from 1925. It was in January, I think it was the 3rd of January.
0: Wow,
1: and it said, um, on you know, on Thursday last, um, the last of the lallies of Tulsk was buried. Um, his name was Paddy Lally, and he was the last of the of 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 the of the Lally family from Tusk, and that name doesn't exist in Tusk anymore. Why is that? that name doesn't. It just died out. This is this is what happens, you know. Just I didn't
0: know
1: that. And yeah. it's the same as today. There would be there would be like people in small villages, names that would just you know the last of the people would die, and that's. But then another name would come in, and 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 you know every name has a kind of a lifespan. But anyway, um, Paddy Lally was the last of the Lallys, and he died. But it it said at the bottom of that small article, it was only about like fifty words. It says as as Paddy was being was being dropped into the grave, um, his grandson um, Joe Downey, Joe Lally, and his stage name was Joe Downey. It had, maybe it had a better ring to it or something. Okay. He was winning a an All American boxing championship in Washington D.C. against uh, this other guy. That's fascinating. A, the a, an Indian Mohawk. Uh, <laughs> Tex Stovall was his name. He right. must have been a Native American, and um, so, and that that was all there was about it in the, in the newspaper. So we followed up. We 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 looked at the nineteen eleven census. We saw that Paddy Lally had a son. Um, he had a son, and who called Mike Lally, who immigrated to America. We looked up the shipping records. We saw the ship that he left on, uh, where he lived. Uh, then you went to the American records, and you found out. Who were his children? So we could, we could prove that, we could prove the line, like, and we could prove that this boxer was related to Paddy Lally in Tulsk. And anyway, and then we have a, a a genealogist. One of our members is in Toronto. Um, Melissa Keher, and she has Tulsk ancestry, but she, she looked into the this family history of the Lallys, and she traced it back to the, to this, the current age the current year and she found the family who lived there in, in New Jersey at the moment and luckily fortunately one of the family is a big kind of a historian and it kept kept all these paper clippings on this boxer and um on this boxer who would have been there like i think it was his granduncle you know um this guy was but uh and he's a member of the society now he's a kind of a uh, that descendant is a an honorary member of the society if you will you know so um, so th- th- that kind of stuff you know you find out a little bit of information and you just if you know the right sources to go to and the right, the, the right records to consult um, you can come up with all sorts of stuff you know
0: well this is it and I suppose themes and talents as well can come prevalent when you look back through these families and it's funny I think back um my brother would have been big into boxing. And when I remember Googling the name for one, one time online and I found out something with boxing connected, a famous boxer connected with the name, you trace it back and you, you wouldn't realise it. And it's f- funny how the talent, I assume we'd see it a lot with musicians. There would be musicians maybe further back in the family yeah. and would have done pretty well. But throughout the years, maybe they forgot about that name or something. And you realise, oh no, there was musicians in my family and they did really, really well. So I suppose it's fascinating the journey of a name.
1: Oh, absolutely, uh I, I, Absolutely, and, um, you know, there's many there's many families like that and th- that's just an example of one kind of talented family in Tulsk and I suppose, you know, Tulsk would be famous, let's say, in modern history for being the kind of ancestral home of Percy French, but we've discovered that there has been a number of kind of, um, well, you know, kind of people in their own time who were very good at stuff. We also found out that there was a woman... From one of the big houses there in Tusk, Kerrigan's house, and um, Mary um, Mary Gorges was her name, and we found out this as well. And uh, she was a, a gorgeous. Pro- no, well, G O R G E S, gorgeous. R-Gorgeous. She was married to a guy. <laughs> now she would have been from kind of an aristocratic, uh, aristocratic background. Um, but she w- was the daughter of a guy called Daniel Kelly, and he was a a landlord there in Tusk and. He um, she went on to become a, a famous kind of writer in her day and a poet, and she wrote poems for um this big uh, kind of a journal in England, the Chambers Journal it was called, and it was a big magazine in England from about uh, eighteen eighty until nineteen twenty nineteen thirty. 1930 wow. But she wrote regularly poems for that, and and her poems were carried throughout the world, and and I found them in the American newspaper archives and so on, um you know. That they were republished and so on, and she wrote a book, a travel book about you know, travels to Killarney and to County Cork and stuff. Um, Ireland would have been a lot kind of smaller, I suppose, than uh, or you know or bigger, whatever you you want to call it. Um, but she became an established kind of writer. Um, and we'd never heard we we'd never heard of her, you know, until recently, and we did a little story on her for our newsletter. So, I suppose no matter where you're from, uh, no matter what kind of. Uh, parish or village you're from there's lots of history and you can be sure that wherever you're from anyone listening um there's lots more history there than you know um and if you consulted kind of old newspapers and stuff you would begin to see that
0: i would absolutely uh, i'd agree with that and i'd say there must be a little bit of i'd say there's a great joy to finding that you experience actually or a bit of adrenaline rush was when you find out some sort of information again that may have been completely forgotten or anything like that but I also know as well you're um, a member with you were part of the Roderick O'Connor Honorary Festival so can you tell us Jodie about that
1: yeah well um, Roderick O'Connor is you know he is one of the kind of main um, uh, you know he, he's one of our famous sons um, uh, in Tulsk and Tulsk Parish and he's from uh, a townland called Milltown in uh, outside Castle Plunkett, which is part of Toast Parish. And um, well, I would have had an interest in Roderick O'Connor for a long time. And, and um, I I wrote an art, I wrote a, a chapter for the um, Roscommon History and Society book that came out by, by Geography Publications that came out there at the end of 2018. And I wrote an academic chapter on his life. And he had a very interesting life. And uh, out of that um, came. The conference, which happened there, only this year, twenty twenty two, after kind of a, a hold up of two two years after, because of COVID, we we had, I I was involved there with a, with a conference committee, and um, we had to kind of postpone it twice due to COVID, but we finally got it. Um, got it up and running and it was very successful there. It went it went ahead there at the end of September there this year and we had many kind of, you know, experts on O'Connor all coming together, all congregating kind of at the one moment. We did it there in Roscommon Arts Centre. And O'Connor, you know, of course, is becoming kind of more and more well-known and he would be particularly well-known in kind of high art circles and, and his paintings kind of... He's one of the most expensive kind of traditional Irish painters that there is today. You know, um, his his paintings regularly sell like in the hundreds of thousands. Wow! Uh, be that euro or or sterling. I think his record work was sold for um, one point two million. I think it was euro in Sotheby's in in uh in two thousand and five. So, um, he's one of our great sons, and um, we actually got a big information panel put up there. In Castle Plunkett at that time, so it's the first time he's been recognised properly in his own um, in his own county and his, his and his own village, and um, we hope to myself and uh, one of the our co committee, um, Kieran O'Connor. We are going to um, edit a new book on 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 O'Connor because, from the papers that came out of that, um, that conference, so yeah, so you know it, it's been a good year. Um, to remember him uh, Born in 1860 Died in 1940 And um, Yeah Very interesting guy though I always love Kind of um, Revisiting O'Connor anything, uh, Anytime I have to write something on him Because he, he had a very interesting life But that's just um, That's just a side uh, Something I, I've been doing All the time And uh, It, it um, I never fail to be Kind of interested And Even entertained by him
0: this is it and I suppose his paintings as well it's crazy when you think about um how I suppose far they spread out and the amount of people as well that still are searching for his paintings and things like that and and the enthusiasm that there is for the artwork is there anyone else as well that stands to mind maybe from the parish of Tulsk um or maybe anywhere other parish nearby as well that you seem to see the same amount of desire for
1: um well, O'Connor is particularly uh, he, as I said about the World War 2 story I, I mean uh, O'Connor wouldn't be just a kind of a, a local O'Connor's national you know and he's it, certainly one of the biggest b- one of the big biggest figures who ever c- come out of County Roscommon never mind at Toast Parish um so you know it, it would be hard to find someone you know as kind of um highly esteemed as O'Connor. But yeah. like, uh, uh, on that front, I mean, um, Percy French there, he is very well known for his, um, for his entertaining, but uh, French um, was a great painter and he always saw himself, first and foremost, as a painter. And that's what he wanted to be, you know. He, he wanted to be an artist. And um his, his art, actually, his paintings are kind of, they're doing a healthy thing Healthy trade, let's say at auction, and there his the prices are rising the whole time. I, they were going for about like between two and 3,000 there a few years ago. Now it's between three and four, and he he might get twenty thousand for the odd uh, painting. And he was a great watercolorist, um, kind of landscape paintings, Um, kind of beautiful little pieces, but. We've a great artistic tradition, and we might not ne- not necessarily uh, think about that in uh, Roscommon. We mightn't. F- it might be the first thing we think about about our county. But when you when you push, uh, you know, Percy French, and then you've got um, O'Connor, and you've got we've got Brian O'Doherty, who's a great. He's an immigrant from uh, Bala Hadreen and he's made it big in America. Um, in kind of the modern art field. Yes. Um, uh, Roscommon has a has a a kind of a I would say a very big artistic tradition and it's something that I suppose that we would hope to see kind of um, we would s- to hope to see more work going into that in the future
0: Absolutely well it's been it's been fantastic to have you on the show here today thank you so much Jodie for anyone listening in as well if they want to get in touch with Tusk um, History Society how can they get in touch with you guys and again um, if I suppose if there 's any information that what would you like to see coming forward with people with information is it do you like to see it in i suppose newspapers or what form would you like to see it in
1: Well, we have a newsletter every three months like it 's an e e-new- an e newsletter but I suppose newsletter doesn 't do it justice because it 's more like a, an online kind of magazine and um we're taking we take like new articles every few months on Anything really, like it. It doesn't have to. Be, it doesn't have to be a masterpiece or anything like that. We look for for any kind of information from people. Uh, it'll be in the newsletter. Any kind of article you'd like to write or any little bit you'd like to put into it. Um, picture. We're looking for photographs the whole time, and we're looking for new members the whole time. And anyone with anything, if you're interested, you're you're, you're welcome to join us. You know that's that's really what we want is people who are interested and people who are enthusiastic, and. Um, That's all any society needs to be in a healthy condition and we are at the moment and we we just want more people to get involved and you can contact us on historytulsk at gmail.com So it's historytulsk at gmail.com That's all one word lowercase and that's how you can reach us. And keep an eye out for us too on Facebook Tulsk History Society Um, and you know we, we do put up stuff there every now and again.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jodie, for coming in and sharing the successes and may have continued success in digging up those archives. Thanks very much. Hope you have a lovely day.
1: Uh, thank you very much for having me, Kira.